0: Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've got positive news regarding Emil Smith-Rowe whilst there's an England call-up to talk about an Arsenal... Rejecting Kylian Mbappé. Yeah, let's talk about that in the Arsenal News Show. Hello and welcome to the Gooners Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every single morning at 8am UK time. Thank you so much as always for joining me and making this a part of your morning routines is very much appreciated. I hope you had a fantastic start to your week. It's Wednesday. It was pancake day yesterday. I really enjoyed it. I genuinely had some stunningly good cake pans um pan clerks for some reasons why they're called don't really know why um but uh it was yeah very enjoyable and uh i enjoyed it and now wednesday valentine's day so if you are sharing this day with a special someone i hope you have a great day um maybe you're looking back uh, on a life with a special someone as well i hope you enjoy uh valentine's day to uh the best of your uh Abilities and uh, yeah, I hope that it's a, a good one for you, and uh, I hope that the future ones will be too. But thank you so much for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Um, and yes, we're trying to get to 1k likes every day, we're trying to reach that target. So, any way that you can help get us to that 1k target is very much appreciated. So, please, please do help us out, it would be very very much um thank we are thankful for that so we've managed to do it every single day so far and we are continuing to do it so uh thank you so much for that shall we jump into the chat box uh Jalali says what do you have on your pancakes I'm a lemon and sugar I'm a lemon and sugar man bit of honey sometimes a Nutella we didn't have, I didn't have Nutella this time a couple of banana shavings shavings slices where shavings of banana slices of banana would be my pick, to be honest. But uh mm, that that would be the one. Uh Barry, Peekahoo, good morning to you, Graham, Guna, Jake. Uh, we got uh Carl, we've got Clincy, Ismail, Damian. we've got uh Matt G, Rich, Amesy, Morgie, Paul, MD, we've got Martin and Mike, and a brand new member. Paul, thank you so much for becoming a... Part of this TGT family and welcome to the crew, uh, James and Blackshine and Leah runs with cows and Carl, uh, Antonio as well. Thank you. Uh, and Paul says I've been watching and adding likes for a year. Time to member up. I love Tom's content and the spirit of TGT. Thank you, mate. Uh, with a lovely little emoji of Drew. Uh, Drew will appreciate that. I really want to get Drew back on the channel soon. It's been too long since Drew has joined me. So uh, for those that are newer listeners, Drew was one of our regulars from a long, long time ago. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's faced some some challenges. And I always tell you guys to go over and, and make sure you send him plenty of love on on social media. So so do that if you know the place. Uh, I'll find it for you shortly. But because he changes, I tell you what, he changes his Twitter handle like it's going out of fashion. So it's always difficult to find him. Um, but uh, yes, let's jump into today's slide, shall we? Uh, enough is enough um, is the show that we did last night. It was one of the best shows I have if I do say so myself, done. I really enjoyed it. Um, I talked to, to Laura and Sophie about the experiences of women in the sport because as you guys and girls very much well know in the chat box that we sometimes get some pretty trolly comments. If I talk about the women's team, if I talk about women's opinions or if I even have a female guest on the show, it can lead to some very sad individuals leaving some pretty horrible comments. And uh, I actually think it was the best We saw the best of the chat box yesterday evening and some really supportive and amazing comments were left. And um, both Laura and Sophie were absolutely brilliant um, in telling their stories, telling their experiences. And uh, if you haven't yet watched that show, I really recommend doing it, Um, especially after what happened on social media yesterday as well. It was, I think, a really timely um, reminder of, of, I think, not only the message, but the family and the community that is here and that is willing to support people In this space. So, thank you to everyone that tuned in. If you haven't yet listened to it, please go and catch up. It is available on audio platforms as well. So, I implore you to go and listen back. And uh, speaking of the women's team, uh, a massive congratulations to Leah Williamson, who, after, of course, spending so much time out of action uh, with the ACL injury that she suffered, she's now back not only for Arsenal, but she's been called up to the England team as well. With uh, Wilburn Moy, Russo, and Beth Mead also making the squad as well. So, congratulations to Leah and the rest of the girls that have been called up. Fantastic stuff. Um, really do look forward to seeing uh, Leah get back into action and finding her best form again, and for Arsenal as well, because we really do need um, we really do need uh, Leah Williamson to be on top form as Arsenal try and respond to that disappointment in the uh, in the FA Cup last weekend. Uh, Kayon Edwards, uh, who has obviously been with the under-21s and the under-18s previously as well, has now left the club on loan to Leighton Orient and made his debut. Um, He started for uh, Orient in a 4-3 win over Northampton Town. Wasn't amongst the crazy goals that were scored on the night, but getting involved and getting regular senior minutes is certainly something that Arsenal will want to see. So that's a really positive uh, outcome of that loan so soon in his time with the club as well. It's also worth pointing out that Mika Bireth started last Friday. It's something that I haven't necessarily touched on or talked about. I'll probably go into more detail about that after he's played a few games. I've got a couple of good friends who watch Austrian football uh, regularly. So it's, it's certainly uh, going to be, I look forward anyway to, to reading more about Mika Beereth. but he started in the one, one draw in the Austrian title race game between Sturm Graz and, uh, and rebels, uh, rebel Salzburg. So, he's going to be one to watch as well. Uh, Smith Rowe, Charles Watts doing a piece yesterday on his own site and his own channel talking about the seriousness of Smith Rowe. It's, as I've said before, not expected to be serious. And Charles certainly... um, Doubling down on that too, uh, it is good news for Smith Rowe. I talked a little bit about it on social media yesterday. I talked a bit about it on in in the comment section as well. I was really disappointed. I think actually with some of the responses to the latest issue with Smith Rowe, he's rolled his ankle. It's something that happens in training sessions all the time. Very regular, very common, and it's an easily suffered issue by any player, whether they've had problems before, whether or not they've never had problems previously. Uh, and Smith Rowe, sadly, just had a bit, a little bit of bad luck, rolled his ankle, um, and it's nothing to do with any previous injuries. It's just something that happens. And yet, we still saw, I think, some overreaction from, um, you know, from the the fallout to that. So, yeah, I think that it should stand as as a bit of a message, I think, to people that want to go to the quick conclusions about players. Smith Rowe's injury certainly not serious at all, and, and only a little bit of bad luck, and hopefully. He'll be back very, very soon and and in the squad and playing once again. However, our headline story, which we need to talk about, uh, Miguel Delaney of the Independent doing a story on the latest with Kylian Mbappe. uh, The PSG and France international uh, is on looking like he's going to be on the move this summer. Uh, It's always seen that Real Madrid would be the most likely destination for Mbappe. However, There has been suggestions that other clubs are monitoring the situation and both Liverpool and Arsenal have been mentioned as well. However, according to uh, Miguel Delaney, despite uh, his representatives having conversations with Premier League clubs like Arsenal and Liverpool, it seems that the players' wage demands and the financial expectations surrounding this deal have made it nearly impossible, if not completely impossible, for clubs like Arsenal to move for the player his wages would be looking and bordering on something close to like a million a week and you add in everything close to it as well. And it just seems utterly ludicrous for a player to be at Arsenal and on that amount of money. I mean, people lose their minds about how much we were paying Bakaya Saka and that was with bonuses up to close to £300,000 per week if he was indeed to activate all of those bonuses and people were losing their minds about that. So the idea that we play Kylian Mbappe that amount of money as well would be ridiculous um and just wouldn't work like financially it wouldn't work for arsenal if he was to move to arsenal he would have to take a significant pay cut or lower his estimations about how much he wants to be paid significantly now real madrid you'd imagine would be able to pay him more however there are suggestions in the athletic did a story about this a couple of days ago that their latest offer to mbappe is not actually matching his own expectations of what he thought he would be paid if he was to move to los blancos I think he has to be realistic about what clubs can pay in this day and age. He's going to be moving on a free. If he wants to earn the most money, there's two places he can do that. One, I imagine, is probably by staying with PSG. The other would be to move into Saudi Arabia. And there were suggestions that we were talking about billions when talking about a move for Kylian Mbappe, so at Saudi Arabia. So I think he needs to get his priorities about what he wants to do in the sport. I think if he wants to become a legend, you know, moving to Real Madrid, he can do that. Moving to either of Arsenal or Liverpool, he could do that. But he's going to have to be able to lower those expectations. Would I take Kylian Mbappe at Arsenal if it was on a reasonable wage bracket? Absolutely. I think you'd be mad to not. I know that there's been issues with how his behaviour, I guess, sometimes, but I have no doubt that if he was to move to a Mikel Arteta side, that Arteta would be very strict with the player and would would have high expectations of him as well. So, yeah, if you can get him, get him. But I don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it will happen. Um I just think that killing Mbappe would um it's a no-brainer if you can go and get him, but I I cannot see Arsenal being able to afford the financial demands of Mbappe whatsoever. All right, let's move to part two and your questions. All right, after this. Righty then, let's jump into the chat, shall we? Uh, Rowan says, regarding the women's team, are there any specific replacements for Jonas Iderval that you would like to see? That's if it happens, and if Jonas was to leave. Uh, to be honest, not really, no. Um, not from my knowledge, at least. Um, and I know that Emma Hayes is expected to leave Chelsea at the end of the season. I'm pretty sure she's joining up with the uh, the US side, I think. Um I think maybe that's right. I don't know if I saw that. Uh, yes, the US win, women's team have appointed Emma Hayes as their coach for uh, the next season. She'll become the highest paid female coach in the world when she takes that job at the end of the season. So certainly Emma Hayes isn't going to be available. But uh, Arsenal got Idaval from Sweden. I'm pretty sure. Was it Rosenberg? I think they got him from. Um, so they are open to kind of looking outside the box somewhat for some of their coaches in the sport. And Eideval uh, certainly full falls uh rosengard sorry falls into that category so I think that um yeah we need to to have a look at the potential options that are out there but the pressure is certainly on Jonas Iderval at the moment and uh, I'd say that a change is is very much in the offing from my perspective anyway. Um uh this is from Kevin in the chat who says Tom not a question but it's our 20th anniversary of my wife Cheryl um so massive congratulations to you, Kevin. Uh, thank you. I always recognise your name when it comes up because I know that you're uh, uh, you're using your wife's YouTube account to leave comments on the channel. So thank you, Kevin. I very much appreciate it. I hope you both have a fantastic day. Uh, Unique says, seeing as we're talking about transfers, how much of a transfer budget do you think we'll have in the summer? No idea, mate. Absolutely no idea. And Arsenal wouldn't even ever think about publicising that either. Uh, Bruce says £500,000 per week for for Mbappe. Uh, is okay in Arsenal if he should not go to Saudi Madrid will not pay any ridiculous amounts because that will disrupt the other players mindsets concerning their own wages as well it would also happen for Arsenal you know thinking about a player coming in and earning that amount of money you have to think would also have some kind of disruptive effect on the Arsenal team especially if they don't deliver or especially if they can't start kicking up a fuss which we know Mbappe has done in the past so That's certainly worth considering. Um, Carl says, I think Mbappe gives the impression he feels that he's bigger than any club he plays for. And that makes clubs maybe a little bit wary. Uh, Matt G says, I'm torn on Mbappe. I think he would be a decent backup to Martinelli. (laughs) Um, Ben says, as an Australian, I don't understand all of the qualification rules of UEFA. If Liverpool win the Europa League, does fifth place become a Champions League spot? And if so could we see Aston Villa get in the spot? No, Ben, that's not how it works. I'll try and explain it in as easier terms as I can. Europa League, so the top four places in the Premier League are the Champions League qualification spots. As it stands, they are the top four. Fifth place is a Europa League qualification spot. Sixth place would be a UEFA Conference League uh, qualification spot. However, the winner of the FA Cup also gets a Europa League qualification. So if a if a team that has finished in the top five places in the league wins the FA Cup, I believe it works that that sixth position then becomes the Europa League, or top six, I guess. The sixth position becomes a Europa League qualification spot if one of the top six teams finishing in the Premier League that season wins the FA Cup. The League Cup winners also get a qualification to the UEFA Conference League. And again, if one of the top six or seven teams win the uh, League Cup, it means that that seventh position in the table becomes the UEFA Conference League spot. Now, I don't think you can have two Premier League teams in the UEFA Conference League. So I'm pretty sure in saying that the only way that you can qualify for the UEFA Conference League is if either you win the League Cup or you finish in seventh position if one of the top six have won the FA Cup and one of the top seven have won the... Uh, the UEFA Conference League as, sorry, the, the League Cup as well. Regards that fifth spot becoming a Champions League qualification spot, this relates to coefficients as part of UEFA. So because of the new format of the Champions League, which begins next season, depending upon England's UEFA coefficient, it could be that fifth place also becomes a Champions League qualification spot, but it will depend upon where England stands, depending upon how English teams do in UEFA competitions this season. So Arsenal and Manchester City, if they go far in the Champions League, in the Europa League, if Liverpool go far in that, and of course Aston Villa if they and West Ham, of course, in the Europa League as well. If West Ham go far in, uh, sorry, if Aston Villa go far in the UEFA Conference League, that will help bump up England's coefficients and England haven't necessarily done too well yes Manchester City won it last season but English teams have not necessarily been doing as well across the board it's usually one or two that get quite far but a lot of English teams like we've seen this season Manchester United and Newcastle both falling out of the groups not even going into the Europa League this season finishing bottom of their Champions League groups that is a problem and so therefore we will have to kind of wait and see whether or not England gets the fifth Uh, whether England's Premier League gets the fifth qualification point. It's very complicated, Ben. And even I tried to uh, kind of talk about it in simple terms, but it's still quite convoluted. Of course, if that fifth place gets Champions League, I'd imagine what I've discussed before about the Europa League and Conference League positions will be pushed down one. Um, But uh, I'm not 100% sure on, on that side of it. But I hope that explained it to the best of my knowledge of it, but it is very complicated. Uh, Josh ATK says, uh, would you rather let Spurs win the Champions League, but Arsenal are guaranteed to win the Champions League five years later, or guarantee both Arsenal and Spurs never win a Champions League? Well, I'd rather Arsenal won a Champions League, mate. Um, my hatred of Spurs is not greater than my love of Arsenal. I think that's probably the best way of putting it. I and mean, if your hatred of Spurs is greater than your love of Arsenal, then I think you'd choose the other option. But that's not the way that football should work, especially not for a fan. Uh, Kazang says, Why do big player transfers never happen at Arsenal? All world class players like Ben Zbibrovic and that and goat Ronaldo himself. Can anyone think of another big player? Why do no big transfers? Did Arsenal just spend 105 million pounds? In the summer. I'm pretty sure they did, Kazang. £105 million spent on Declan Rice. You also think about when Arsenal signed Pyramid a Bamiang was considered at the time one of the most like prolific centre forwards in the world at the time. Then it's Bergkamp and Thierry Henry, where I see Wade suggesting here. Thierry Henry was not considered a world-class player when we signed him at all. He was a young player that hadn't done necessarily too well at Juventus. And Bergkamp as well. Bergkamp had not done well at Inter Milan when we signed him either. Urzil, uh, Jimbo is a fantastic example. Urzil definitely falls into that category. I'd suggest Alexis Sanchez also falls into that category. Both of them, Urzil more so than Alexis. Urzil at Real Madrid, that was considered a massive coup for Arsenal when they signed in for £42 million pounds in 2013. An incredible um, piece of business by Arsenal at the time. So, yes, Kazang, Arsenal have done some of the biggest transfers in the world and stand in footballing history as doing some of the biggest transfers of all time. Um, But to say that we don't ever get involved with them is just wrong. We we do do the biggest deals in the world. Um, So certainly. Sol Campbell, you might argue as well, Rob says, when he joined Arsenal from Spurs on a free transfer, even though it didn't have a transfer fee, was certainly considered uh, a humongous deal in the Premier League specifically also. Um, let's go to uh Karoon says, Tom, our performances through the year are spoken about in an incredibly lazy and binary way by the media. Is it only by winning a major trophy that the narrative can change? Guess the process doesn't matter. Um yeah, I think that Karoon, there's an element of truth in that. I've obviously say that you know, we're also media here. I also write about Arsenal for uh, another website as well and attend games as media, and I certainly feel as though I try to look at things with a very open mind. Arsenal this season have scored one more goal and conceded one less goal than at the same point last season after 24 Premier League games. They are five points worse off, it is worth pointing out. But in terms of goals scored and goals conceded, we're actually tracking better now this season compared to last season at the same stage. Now, we've dropped points in some silly games like Newcastle and Villa and West Ham and Fulham. And if we beat West Ham and Fulham, we're suddenly looking very different. Those two games are going to frustrate and annoy me forever, those two games, the fact that we didn't beat. Because he you beat either of those two, you beat one of those two, you're ahead of Liverpool right now. You beat both of them, you're clear at the top of the table, even if Man City won their game in hand. That is incredibly, incredibly frustrating. But... uh it is what it is. It is what it is. You deal with it. We move on. We hope that we can catch up the points a little bit later and other teams will indeed drop points as well. Um, Echo says, Uh, Topeco, sorry, says, first time catching you live. Thanks, mate. How, do you know the true value of being in the Champions League? How much a club gets in total if they go all the way to the final so what you're asking basically is for ua for champions league prize money information and you can actually get this information uh for this season i can give you it right now i can give it to you in euros if you like uh so by qualifying uh it is said that you get um see now the website's asking me to pay so i can avoid using adverts uh can we just get rid thank you so uh prize money is uh playoff rounds if you win them i imagine also if you qualify five million euros uh, getting involved in group stage games is 15.64 million euros, so about 12 million pounds. Uh, for winning a game in the group stage, it's 2.8 million. So Arsenal awesome did that four times, so they would have got over 10 million euros for that. If you draw in the group stage, you get 930,000 euros, which we got for drawing with PSV. Uh, reaching the round of 16, uh, you get 9.6 million euros. Quarterfinals, you get there, it's 10.6. Semi finals, it's 12.5 and if you're a runner up you get 15.5 and if you win you get 20 million these are cumulative like you keep getting this amount of money um so it's worth pointing that out um so you can get a maximum earning of 90 of 85.14 million euros in terms of prize money which is about 70 just over 70 million pounds i think um so it's a lot of money is what it is it's a hell of a lot of money and that doesn't count i don't i don't think that counts like TV revenue and broadcasting revenue from that competition as well. It's a lot more uh, than just the prize money as well that you have to consider. And gate receipts of being in that competition when you're in it as well also uh, you get. So lots of money, lots and lots and lots of money. Uh, Chris says, why do TV pundits focus mostly on vibes, form and mentality? rather than tactics? Is it laziness, or do they think their audience wouldn't enjoy it? Chris, I think the answer is that, ultimately, it's what gets the most engagement. Um, and talking about celebrations, talking about form, mentality, questioning things, being controversial, is in 2020, 2024 what gets you all the attention. It's what gets you those contracts. It's what keeps you on the telly. And that's ultimately what the world is looking for these days, which is a sad state of affairs, but uh, it is, sadly, what we are Sit, not doing right now if you think about it jamie Carragher puts tweets out with polls of what people want to discuss rather than making the decisions themselves and they go off what the votes are they're looking for that engagement they're looking for that what's the most popular topic to discuss whether or not it's actually interesting um is another thing uh Clint said tom considering mbappe is a free transfer doesn't that reduce the burden of his wages compared to getting an ozymen for 120 plus 300 thousand pound per week in wages uh he also would be helping getting more revenue as well uh, the revenue thing is a little bit secondary because it's not always so cut and dry you'd still get loads of, of you know shirt sales for Ozzymen like you would mbappe as well um because it's a free transfer it doesn't change too much because you'd expect a signing on fee and you'd also expect there to be significantly higher wages than Ozzymen would get as well because he's a free transfer so yeah not necessarily um let's go to ben says hey where can i read the articles Football. Uh, football.london you can go and check it out my page if you just type in tom canton and football.london you will be able to to find it all there i'll leave a link to it in the chat box. i wrote a few pieces yesterday if you want to go and read those you are very much more than welcome to do that uh i will try and leave a link to that in the chat box if it will let me sometimes it's a bit weird with the uh uh, the, leaving links in, in comment sections on YouTube and stuff because it blocks other people's as well. So I will try and do that in just a second. But yeah, what was the pieces I wrote yesterday? Um, we had Mikel Arteta uh, and his new undroppable, which I think is... I mean, the statistics around Erdegaard are absolutely insane. Talked about how last season we had players falling because of injury like Saliba and Tommy This season, as we get towards the end, it looks like we might be getting players back instead which is a big boost talked about that stat that I talked about a second ago the the one goal more and one uh, goal conceded less at the same stage last season did an article about that and another piece about if Ange Postacogli was to move to Liverpool which is a rumor that's going around at the moment what could that mean for Arsenal um those are the four pieces that I did yesterday today um I've got plans to do some pieces on Kai Havertz I've got a piece that I'm going to be doing on Uh, potential postponements of matches so uh, look out for some more of that and uh, thank you so much for those that do read it Uh, it means a lot so thank you for that if you haven't dropped a like on the video as well yet please do i see there's 800 of you watching thank you so much for the support we're going to be answering a few more questions of you still so don't go anywhere but if you haven't dropped a like on the video please help us get to hashtag 1K every day. That would be very much appreciated. So thank you to those that are already supporting us. Uh, Arsenal Analyze says, finally caught a show for the lifetime for the first time in ages. Smash the like button, people. We've only got 222 and there's over 800 of us watching. So let's get some more indeed. Thank you. Uh, Karun says, Tom, yet yeah, respect your work and your show. I guess my point is more about that pundits go on about how a team should act and perform as if there's only one way to do it based on some dated BS mentality. You're absolutely right, Karun. And I agree with this pundits are from a a, a bygone era most pundits come from a time in football where the attitudes the view of football was very very different the type of fans that are around are very very different as well and views change everything changes social side of things change so you have to take that into account and so I therefore I think that there is a lot of outdated opinions that are going around the pundit sphere and actually that's why maybe we do see more content creators younger uh, influencers if you like getting onto things like sky getting onto things like other youtube shows or getting over to major platforms because ultimately we're providing this younger generation of, of commenters and uh, and pundits are providing more of a modern day perspective on things whereas like rather compared to kind of the old guards view of football which is very different to what football is today um benji says tom i've seen this question around before 2023 arsenal first half of the season versus 2024 uh arsenal current who wins one game over two legs it depends on who's available benji as well because obviously 2024 arsenal we haven't had Partey available to us we haven't had um timber available to us so do you count those players if you don't i think it'd be a very close game that said i think arsenal are more resilient this season I think Arsenal had to win tougher games and because we've already beaten Liverpool, we've already beaten Manchester City. You'd probably say this season's team would be more likely to win that game because they are tougher to beat this season. They are a team that are trickier to, to navigate and they're bigger and more competitive in those competitive fixtures. So I'd probably lean towards this side, um, this team, this season, even though they have five less points um lucas says hey tom since the birth of my little girl layla rose arsenal haven't lost or uh, haven't lost all five games since january 9th so let's hope that it continues to the end of the season uh, it seems that uh, your little girl layla rose is a fantastic uh, positive omen for us lucas and congratulations um ben says hey tom have you ever watched australian rules football if so what are your thoughts i've never watched it i'm afraid i've seen it on the tv in the background can't say that i've really looked into like the sport or followed it to isn't it like a circular type field as well it seems mad and crazy there's a burger place near us that is like a sports bar as well which is brilliant and uh, they often have the australian rules football on, but i can't say i've paid all that much attention but it seems chaotic uh, jimbo says our community match lineup was our strongest squad uh which we haven't played yet and jesus was also injured back then too really really good point Uh, Mr. Juslin says, uh, Morning, Tom. I can't really get a good understanding of XG. What's the dummy's guide to how they calculate that stat? It depends on who you go to, first of all. Different outlets have different measures and metrics to justify or to calculate XG. Some metrics take into account some factors. Other XG metrics don't. So what I mean by that is that in its base form, the expected goal of a player in a game, let's say... Let's take Jesus for example. Jesus's xG for a game we measured about what he would be expected to have scored in the game based upon the shoot, the shoot, the sh- the shots that he took. I got shot and took in the same word. Uh, based upon the shots that he took in the positions where he took them from. So a a shot from point blank range where the keeper is on the other side of the goal would be a exceptionally high, probably 0.99 xG a shot from 35 yards out with a couple of defenders in front of the goalkeeper prepared and ready would probably a 0.01 xg and so depending upon where the player is and where the ball is and how the player receiving the pass if it's a first time shot that obviously makes a chance of a goal less likely because it's you can you haven't got time to control the balls that would lower the that would lower the score of xg if you like um, if there is a goalkeeper positioning, sometimes it's taken into account. So this is what I mean by certain factors and certain metrics being taken into account. Some outlets might take into account goalkeeper positioning. Some outlets might not take that into account. So the XG for some calculation might be different to another type of calculation. I use multiple outlets. So I use FB ref, I use scout, I use XG philosophy. Often that's usually where I defer to. They're an account which focuses specifically on xG so they put a lot of time and effort into their metrics and their algorithms algorithms of calculating xg, so I usually look to them so to give you the xG philosophy of our game against uh, West Ham as an example, if you want to follow xg philosophies it's at xg philosophy on Twitter, uh, let me try and find it. Uh, Arsenal, West Ham. Arsenal had an XG of 4.36 against West Ham. West Ham's XG was 0. 0.33. So even though we scored six, we actually outperformed our XG. And the reason why we outperformed our XG is because of a number of reasons. One, even though we took 25 shots, there are a lot of shots from kind of unadvantageous positions. Inadvantageous? Disadvantageous positions, I suppose. Um, and because of that, the like Declan Rice's goal for instance uh was taken from range it was probably a naught point naught something xg chance that Declan Rice goal and so very easy to outperform it if you're scoring goals like that Trossard's goal from his position excellent finish again probably a low xg chance opportunity so uh Mr. Jus- uh, Lynn I'm hoping that explains it to the best of my ability there is more to it but that's the basic way of looking at it. But I hope that explains it uh, some more. But it is it is complicated. Uh, Rich says, Tom, is it is Jesus' XG calculated against what's expected of him or a mean of everyone? For example, does it include expectations about right and left-footed players in the Premier League and La Liga? It, again, it will depend, Rich, very much on who you take that uh, score from. So if we have a look at Gabriel Jesus' XG according to FB Ref this season, and go over to FB Ref and have a look at his XG. so. Not even this season. So they do it based upon... I could do it on this season, to be fair. They often do it on based upon last year. Um, but let's have a look at this season. So Arsenal XG for Jesus is 5.3. He's scored four goals. So he's actually underachieving his XG. It will only be taking into account... My assumption would be they use Opta, FB Ref. Um, and Opta are very reliable indeed. Um, four goals from a 5.3 XG... Basically, that means of all the shots that Jesus has taken this season, of all the individual ratings of those shots, they've added up to 5.3 XG. So of all the shots he's taken, he's accumulated a 5.3 XG. So if he took a shot from range and it was 0.01, that would have got added to a shot from close range at maybe 0.6 or 0.7. And they've all added up to 4.3. He's scored four goals during this season. So he's underperforming his XG right now. It doesn't look at other players, to my knowledge. It doesn't look at right-footed or left-footed players. It will perhaps take into account if Jesus takes a shot with his left foot. So if a shot is taken with a player's weaker foot, that XG, for some outlets, may be rated slightly lower than a stronger-footed strike as well. But it depends upon where you get the data from. So... Yeah, very, very interesting. Cow says, I like it when Tom goes back into teaching mode. I bet it, I bet the olds really miss him. Um, I don't miss teaching at all, but I don't mind explaining things that I have a relatively decent knowledge of, but I hope that helps as well. Um, Walter says, do they take into account the quality of the goalkeeper? No disrespect to Fodderingham, but I'm certain it's easier to beat him with a shot as opposed to Allison. No, they don't. Uh, no, that's something I don't think they do. It's difficult to quantify that when looking at data. It's subjective, like how good a goalkeeper is. I guess you could use their data as some kind of measure of it, but I don't think so. Um, so if you take a shot from a certain position, the goalkeeper's in a certain position, it doesn't matter if it's Alice, it doesn't matter if it's Fodderingham. I think the XG is the same. I understand where you're coming from, but it's very difficult to measure something more subjective. Uh, in the world of XG as well, uh, Bazza says, "Is there an XG trophy? Uh, the Champions League position for getting the most XG in a season? No, and there certainly shouldn't be." Um, Mr. Yuslin says, "I reckon an XG explainer video could be a good content during the expected three-week break. You know, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea at all." Uh, Rob Bob says, "Phone in confirmed. Uh, yes, we'll be doing a phone-in show tomorrow. I've got another show actually planned for you this evening." with a guest, a special guest will be joining me this evening about 5 o'clock, so make sure you look out for that. Um, but we're going to end the show there. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me once again. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. You can check out all of my written work, of course, throughout the day at football.london. I think we'll have a podcast going out for you with Kaya as well at some point too. Um, But yeah, enjoy it. your Wednesday and Valentine's Day as well, or anniversary if indeed you are celebrating, as I know some in the chat box are. Um, Have a brilliant Wednesday. I'll be back tomorrow, of course, as always, but I'll be back before that tonight at 5 p.m. It might even be a week where you get as many as eight shows in four days, potentially. Goodness me, you're lucky boys and girls. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Do go back and listen to yesterday's show. I need to plug that as much as possible. Um, Please, please, please do go back and give that a listen. It's the last upload on the channel. Enough is enough uh, with Laura and Sophie please go and give that a listen if you've not already caught up on it It it's certainly worth the 50 minutes of listening just to just to listen I I spent 50 minutes listening yes asking questions but mainly just listening um, to some fantastic stories so please do go back and uh, and uh, check it out Uh, thank you so much I will see you again very soon stay safe stay well happy and respectful and as always up the arsenal